Hi everyone, what's up? Welcome to a new episode of the Happiness Headspace podcast. My name is Chloe Johal and I'm the host of this podcast, but in today's episode, I'm interviewing Callista Doyer. So would you like to introduce yourself? Hello, yeah. So I'm Callista. Um, I would mainly say that I'm a TikToker now, <laughs> but I started on YouTube and I've kind of been in the social media space since I was 14. I'm 22 now. Um, and... I guess my main kind of thing is like a lifestyle-based content with a comedic twist, and I really focus on mental health advocacy, so that's kind of my gist, my little gig that I do. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. And is social media your full-time job? Yeah, so I get that question a lot, actually, but I think that a lot of people don't realize that like you don't have to have like millions of followers to make a like sustainable income. Uh, but I've been doing social media for my full-time job since I was 17. Um, and with that being said, I actually just applied for a real job just because I did move to Nashville and I do have free time since TikTok doesn't take as much time as YouTube. So I kind of wanted to get like a, a job to be social and like see what like a real, not a real life job, but you know what I mean? Like an, a job where it's like kind of like nine to five would be like. So stay tuned on that one. (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. And how would you say social media has affected your mental health and the way you see yourself? Because I know for a lot of people, it's affected people in like a negative way. But how would you say it's just affected you in general? It's really interesting because I feel like it's both had like a really big impact in a really great way, but also a really negative way. Um, So I would say like, For me, I love the fact that it can connect me to so many like people going through the same thing. And I think that's really beautiful. But I was just having this conversation last night with my manager, Hannah, about how social media is really interesting because our generation has never been so connected, but we're also considered the loneliest generation. And like, I do see like things like on Instagram when I'm scrolling through, like feeling really bad about myself because, you know, so many girls are so tiny and skinny and like they look perfect. And I'm like, oh, I wish I looked like that. Or also like I'll go on Tumblr when I'm already feeling really sad and like read sad quotes. I also feel like it can be triggering, but I think that the good outweighs the bad. But um, I mean, it does affect me. I mean, the internet is full of so much content, so it can really be like anything, you know what I mean, that you find. Yeah, 100%. That makes complete sense. And I completely agree. And um, as we all know, we're currently in a worldwide pandemic. It's been a it's been a hell of a ride. Um, So how would you say um, like the quarantine and everything um, has like been for you? Like, how is that? How have you been going through that? Well, what's really interesting is I feel like the quarantine was good for me. Because I moved out of LA right before the pandemic happened. And um, for me, like that was a really lonely experience because I literally went from having like 50 friends on call, you know what I mean? And like going out every night and like hanging out with friends 24 seven to literally not knowing anyone to like being alone all the time. And it was really isolating. And so when the pandemic hit, it really forced like, like all of my friends almost went back home, which like isn't good. But for me, I was like, well, everyone's in the same boat now. So, like, it really felt almost like I didn't leave them because we would have, like, group Zoom calls and, like, we'd have Friday night Zoom parties and, like, things like that. And also, like, I feel like it really forced me to, like, I kind of, like, reconnect with the things I loved, like, social media because I did take a really hefty break. 
So I feel like it did make me reconnect with things that I loved. Yeah, I completely um, relate to that. Like during the pandemic, I feel like I honestly for me, like the first quarantine was really like good for me because I really like wasn't doing well. And then so like when the the quarantine hit, I like got my life back in order, um, kind of because like I was home every day, like I could do whatever I wanted. I like barely had any online school, like I had some work to do, but like also like I enjoyed how like the first quarantine my school the way they did it we didn't have any zoom calls they would just give us work and we would do like our classes like like they like whatever we had to do during that week so like it really like made me have to like get myself together and like uh plan time to do my work properly so honestly like the first quarantine was was great now it's not as fun anymore um yeah I can agree with that it's definitely not as fun anymore um as it was in the beginning because I feel like everyone was in on it in the beginning you know literally like the entire world like the world not just America like was shut down but like now like parts are opening and like it's just kind of different like I lived in Florida and Florida is completely open like you could go to a bar if you wanted which isn't necessarily good but that's just the reality of Florida but in California for example they just got outdoor dining so it's a little less like everyone's in the same boat now and everyone's in different places and I do find that hard, but I mean, for me, like, I'm, I'm doing really well, like, I have my boyfriend, I'm making friends in Nashville, like, obviously, like, socially distanced, but, um, I don't know, I just, like, I have been in a really good place during this pandemic, which I'm really lucky about, but I also had a lot of tools that I was given beforehand, because I was in intense therapy for two years, so I kind of, like, already had that foundation, Mm-hmm. And I know for me, like, uh, right now, like, I'm in Canada. So like, in Canada, like, literally all the rules are strict. <laughs> um, and like, right now, literally, it's like snowing outside, like, mm. it's cold and everything. So like, there's like, we're allowed to see people outside. But I also don't really want to go for a walk in like minus 45 degrees Celsius weather, oh, you know? Of not. So, um, so it's like, it's like I'm so ready for it to be over I'm so excited for summer and I keep seeing people in like Australia and New Zealand I have family there not a lot but like some family there and and I'm like literally like they took it so seriously and now everything's going great for them (laughs) they have like three cases or something yeah I always see the Taylor Swift parties in like Australia New Zealand where they're like having like clubs play like Taylor Swift music all night and I'm like can't relate we don't have any of that stuff open I know we wish I'm so there's news that concerts are gonna come back this year which would be really cool but again like I don't even know if I'd feel safe going yeah I feel like if the vaccine starts like if like more people get vaccinated I feel like that could be better but I also keep hearing like weird things about the vaccine I don't know I'm scared I'm Anyway, someone, I saw a TikTok, someone was like, oh, if your Starbucks order is an iced white oh, mocha yes, with extra I- caramel drizzle and sweet cream <laughs> foam, don't be worried about what's inside the vaccine. And I was like, well. Yeah, no, I don't know. I mean, I will say, like, a lot of my friends are starting to get it, like, their parents and stuff. So it makes me feel a little bit better. Like, my best friend's a nurse in the COVID unit, and she's gotten it. So, like, hearing their experiences first is making me feel a little bit better, you know what I mean? So I'm not, like, the first one in our group getting it. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah, yeah, my great-grandma, she's, like, I think she's, like, 94 or something. She... But I, she's in England, but she um, got it now, and like she's got both doses, and she's fine. So mm. I think I think it should be good. I'm excited for things to just 
get back to normal a little bit. Um, But you mentioned um, a few minutes ago how you recently moved to Nashville. So how has that been for you? I adore it. (laughs) Um, When I moved to Los Angeles, I honestly wasn't in love with it, but I moved there because A, I had signed with the talent agency. B, it had been just like on my bucket list since I was seven years old. But I knew like immediately I just wasn't home. Like, I mean, it's different for every single person, but I just didn't feel like it was home. I just like didn't, like I grew up in Florida for the most part. Like it's very laid back. It's very chill, which California has those aspects, but it's also like, I don't know. I mean, have you been to LA? (laughs) No, I've never been. I really, I was supposed to go like, but then yeah. Anyway, well, you should go. It's a really cool place to experience, and I'm really glad I had the five years there I did because I think it was really like pivotal for growing up. Um, but with that being said, like Nashville, I got here and I immediately felt like it felt like home. Like it's just, it's like kind of suburban, but it's a city too. So it, they have parking lots, they have grass, like things that LA didn't really have. <laughs> so I just really love that. <laughs> Yeah, that's amazing. I'm so happy for you. Thank um, you. And kind of switching the topic a little bit. Um, so on social media, like you mentioned earlier, you advocate for mental health. Yeah. Um, so like, do you want to kind of explain like your background with um, mental health and mental Ill- illness? Yeah, so I first started dealing with mental illness when I was 10 years old. Um, I was really sick as a child. I had juvenile arthritis. And I was, like, getting chemotherapy for it because of how bad it was. So um, I started dealing with OCD was the first thing I ever dealt with, which is basically just, like, I mean, it's hard to explain. So, like, OCD stands for obsessive compulsive disorder, which means, like, you have, like, an obsessive thought and then you do, like, a ritual to, like, kind of, like, fix the obsessive thought. It sounds really weird, but it's really common, actually. Um, so for me, I started dealing with that as a way to kind of combat what I was going through. I'd be like, oh, well, I won't get as sick if I like touch the store not four times, which like logically doesn't make any sense. But the thing <laughs> is, is like my brain has like a chemical imbalance. Like I can't help it. Um, so I started dealing with that at the age of 10 and I was in and out of therapy, but since I was already on so much medication, I didn't go on anything for it. And then around the time that I was 17, it got really bad again. And then when I was 19, it got like out of control. And I started dealing with like depression, anxiety on top of it, which OCD is an anxiety disorder technically, kind of. It's kind of an iffy area. But, um, and then on top of that, my OCD manifested in anorexia, which was just like a whole boat of things I was dealing with and I ended up in a treatment program for about three or four months which literally saved my life I credit the doctors there for everything um and it really changed my life so now I'm in a way better place and um I don't know I mean I don't like I'm not happy I went through that stuff but I've found myself being open online that or helping a lot of kids so I feel like there's a reason I went through it yeah for sure um I think that's like amazing that you're working through that and um, yeah, it's really good. Um, and how you talked about how you uh, were in intensive therapy and all of that. Um, what are your opinions on therapy and like how was your experience with that? So I think everyone should be in therapy. <laughs> I always joke that when my kids are like two years old, I'm putting them in therapy. <laughs> I just think that the benefits are so important, especially in our age and like 
being in a digital age and stuff. I just think that everyone should be in therapy. Um, but yeah, I mean, I credit therapy for saving my life. Like I, if I didn't have those tools, I don't know if I could function. Like I was close to going on disability because I was so sick. Um, and when I say sick, I, I stay sick because I feel like mental illness should be looked at the same as physical illness. Like I'll yeah, literally tell my parents, sure. like I feel sick today and it just means I'm not feeling well in my head. Like, um, but yeah, no, I love therapy. I think it's life changing. Um, I'm super open about being in it. I was in therapy about two to three times a week, but now I'm actually out of therapy right now. Cause I've obviously moved, but I'm really honing in on fitness right now because it's supposed to be as beneficial, not as beneficial, but pretty beneficial as therapy. So mm-hmm. I'm doing personal training right now in the meantime and like cycling memberships and stuff to kind of try and like take a holistic route at mental health. Yeah. Um, that's amazing. And yeah, I've tried therapy. I'm still not sure how I feel about it. Well, the thing is, therapy is a lot like dating. You have to, like, go through a couple to find the one that you really connect with. Like, so my mistake was I always thought, like, I'd see one therapist and I would, like, automatically, like, just stick with them. But I really had to shop around for a therapist to find one that I connected with and, like, got me. Mm-hmm, for sure. Um, yeah, I'll definitely take that advice. I'm I'm in the process of looking, too. So yeah. it's all good. It's It's... I'm doing it. I'm doing it. <laughs> um, so I was going, I was stalking your Instagram yesterday. Um, I'm yes. just exposing myself. <laughs> um, and uh, I saw one of your posts where you talked about how last year um, you like, like when the pandemic happened, I'm not sure if it was like then or like before that, yeah. um, like you went through like, a, a, like the worst part of your life with like mental health. Um, and I like the post was very impactful to me. So do you want to kind of talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So it wasn't during the pandemic. It was probably like a year before the pandemic hit, but basically I ended up, it felt like overnight. I felt like I just was a completely different person and I stopped eating. I stopped working. I stopped hanging out with friends. I didn't see my friends for like three months. I was on a smoothie only diet and it wasn't because I was trying to lose weight. It was because of my OCD, like convinced me that like my food was like poisoned, which sounds crazy, but like to understand OCD, you have to understand like it's very irrational. Like your thoughts are not true. Your, your brain is basically playing games on you. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I was convinced that like all of my food was poisoned. If it wasn't organic, it wasn't good. So I only ate smoothies for three months, which is ultimately what caused me to be like deemed medically anorexic because I wasn't trying to lose weight, but like in a doctor's eyes, that's what I was considered. Um, and then I stopped hanging out with friends. I was petrified to fall asleep. Like I literally felt like I was going crazy. Um, so I stopped working because I couldn't edit anymore because it was just too hard for me. I stopped watching TV. <laughs> like, I literally was bedridden. I would stare at a wall all day. And um, that was when my parents decided that I shouldn't be living alone anymore. So they bought me out of my lease and made me move in with them, <laughs> which... <sighs> At 20 years old, that's, like, the worst thing ever. I felt like I was losing all of my freedom. I was, I mean, I don't know if you're religious, but, like, I literally was, like, angry at God. I was so mad at just the world. I was, like, how did this happen? Like, literally a year before, I was the happiest I had ever been in my whole life, and now my life is falling apart. Like I said, I was literally looking at going on disability at 20 years old for, like, mental illness. 
Um, and so I think ultimately like my parents found like the UCLA outpatient program, which is what I did for three months. And that's like what saved my life. Like if anyone has OCD or even any mental disorders that are like pretty prevalent in their life, like they have one of the top mental illness, um, hospitals in the country that in McLean in Boston, um, I would definitely recommend looking into those, but yeah, they saved my life. Like basically OCD is about retraining your brain. So they retrained me to like, like think normal again. I kind of want to say, <laughs> I don't want to say the wrong thing, but like that would kind of be like, they, they basically expose you to things you're afraid of. So like if I was afraid of eating food that wasn't organic, I'd have to eat food that was organic, you know, or that wasn't organic. Yeah, um, I'm really sorry you had to go through all that. It sounds very um, extreme, um, yeah. but I'm glad you're doing better now. And um, I think it shows people that things do get better. It um, does. And everything's going to work out. Hopefully, you know, anyways. Yeah. Um, and so what's one thing you would tell people who are like struggling mentally and like who don't, ultimately don't think that there's going to be like a better future for them or like that they just don't have hope anymore. Yeah. I mean, I definitely was in that place. Like I was at rock bottom. Like I really didn't think it was going to get better. I really thought the rest of my life was going to be like horrible. And like now, like I have a boyfriend, I'm a lot happier. I moved out again on my own. Like I, um, like have a career again. You know what I mean? Like it does get better, but my biggest piece of advice is to get help sooner than later. My biggest thing was I was really afraid of opening up and fear that I would look crazy. But what you have to be aware of is therapists have seen everything. Also therapy does have wait lists. Like you can get immediate help, but like to get a specialized therapist, there's usually a wait list. So you want to get help sooner than later. And then you can get like a not specialized one in the meantime. But, like, you're going to be happy that you got help at, like, let's say, like, how old are you? 14. So, like, 14. You'd be happy, like, you got help at 14 versus, like, getting it at 20. You know what I mean? Because then you built mm-hmm. those foundational years for, like, six years. And then when you're 20 and you're on your own, you're going to be like, oh, my gosh. Like, I know I have the tools. Like, I'm not going to be in a bad spot when I'm, like, paying my bills and, like, doing things like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. my biggest piece of advice. <laughs> Yeah, I love that. That's great advice. Everybody should take the advice. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, this question, I was really happy I came up with it. Well, anyways, um, but uh, I feel like everybody in our generation, a lot of people in general are just really good at putting a fake smile on their face and like we're really good at hiding our emotions. And I met you at Playlist Live um, right before the (laughs) pandemic hit. Um, It was I was really sad when the pandemic hit because yeah I remember at playlist we were surprised my management and I that it was going on because COVID was getting pretty bad yeah well I my grandparents they came with me to playlist live and there's so many people and I literally hugged so many people like when we go back from playlist live there's like a week and then everything shut down so it was kind of crazy like a week before the pandemic hit we were like in a convention center with like I don't know how many people like hugging everybody oh my gosh when I think back to it but honestly I don't think there were any active cases in the U.S. I don't know yeah yeah. (laughs) anyways um but when I met you you seemed like super happy and everything so was that really the case yeah I mean I was definitely like not as bad as I was I wouldn't say I was depressed. I was more so dealing with the fact that 
I was struggling with the new environment and I wasn't happy with it. And then being at Playlist Live, I was surrounded by like the old environment that I thought I missed, which was like being around influencers and friends 24 seven. So like, it definitely was hard for me, but I wasn't like depressed at the time. I was just like kind of getting used to my new environment. <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah. Um, and now kind of switching the topic again and going into something a little bit lighter. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, so I really like to ask this question. Um, has there been one stranger who really impacted you or like one stranger that you're always going to remember? Ooh, a stranger? I don't know if I'd say a stranger, but kind of. Um, so growing up, I said I was really sick with juvenile arthritis. And when I would get my chemo, there was this nurse, Norma. Her name was Norma. And she was like, maybe like 50. I don't know. You know, you don't ask age. <laughs> and um, she was just the sweetest person ever to me. Like, she tried to get me to meet Taylor Swift by, like, getting me a Make-A-Wish foundation. Like, she literally, like, every single time I'd come in for my infusion, she'd, like, play Taylor Swift or, like, ask me about, like, things to distract me. And she was just, like, so sweet that it literally changed my life. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, It's, like, really – it must have been, like – for sure really impactful for you to have her there well I was like I want to say like 10 and I still remember like how she was and like how like warm her spirit was and how it made me feel and she probably like doesn't know now how much she's impacted you you know like it's crazy how like someone can just just like by being nice to someone it like it can change someone's whole perspective or like just Mm -hmm. day or life or whatever um um, and uh, you talked about at the beginning of this how you're doing social media full-time. Um, mm-hmm. Did you know that's what you wanted to do? Like, what did you want to do when you were growing up versus, like, what you're doing now? Yeah, so growing up, I wanted to be an actress, if you asked me, at seven. And then the older I got, I wanted to work in entertainment business, but specifically music business because I felt like music really heals. And going through what I dealt with, I really leaned on music and pop culture. So I wanted to be a music manager, specifically in, like, public relations. So (laughs) I was studying in high school to go to, like, a music college or, like, go to – or, like, go into touring or something for, like – a. I wanted to tour for, like, an indie or a punk band, like, the 1975. Um, that was essentially what I wanted to do. But then I kind of found myself in social media, and I really fell in love with, like, creating content and, like, connecting with people. But, you know, my backup plan is, is like, you know, it's obviously not going to last forever, <laughs> and mm-hmm. I'm going to enjoy it while it does. But I think ultimately when this is all, like, said and done or when I decide, you know, maybe I don't want to be on camera, I'm going to go into entertainment management. That's so cool. I love that. Yeah. Um, and you've done so many great things. What would you say is your one, like, greatest accomplishment that you're really proud of? Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, okay. Well, it's stupid. And it, well, it's not stupid, but we already touched on it. I think my biggest accomplishment was getting help because um, I think mm-hmm. that gave me the foundation to, like, continue my life and, like, experience the great things I've experienced since then, like, my TikTok following and, like, connecting with people and like even like right now there's like a few mental health organizations I'm looking at working with and like just knowing that I'm doing something with an impact now whereas beforehand I was just like how to survive middle school (laughs) but now I'm doing like more like impactful things you know what I mean so I don't know I think that's my biggest accomplishment was like getting help and like really diving into that 
Yeah, that's amazing. I really admire that, and I'm sure a lot of people do. Um, so to finish off this episode, yes. um, what would you say is your best life advice? So I like to ask this question in the way of if you had the whole world listening to you for 30 seconds, what would you say? I think my biggest piece of advice is to start now because you're always going to wish that you started sooner than later. And I mean this with anything, with any sort of career that you want to go for, with any sort of mental health thing you're dealing with, with anything. I always think like a lot of people come to me and they're like, I want to start social media, but this can go for anything. It's like, we'll start now. Like my little sister, she wants to be a veterinarian. (laughs) And I always tell her, Like, she wants to go to Miami and Florida, and that's a hard school. And I'm like, well, if you want to start, like, getting into a college like that, you need to start at, like, 14, where you're, like, doing, like, volunteering at a marine science center or, like, volunteering at a veterinarian clinic and, like, building your resume. So when you are 18 and going into college, you're ahead of your, like, not competition, but at the end of the day, that's, like, the word I'm going to use, but, like, ahead of your peers. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. You just always I, have to be one step ahead of, like, your, your – it's not, like, but like, the thing is, like, you have to be one step ahead if you want to get into, like, harder things. Yeah, exactly. And, like, like you said, you're always going to regret it if you didn't start it. And, like, there, things are never going to – it's never going to be the perfect time and things are never going to be better to start something. Like, just, like, just go for it and, like yeah. – yeah, um, I think that's great advice. And thank you so much for doing this episode with me. I'm so happy. It was a really good time talking with you. And I'm sure this helped a lot of people, hopefully. Yes. Um, so I really appreciate it. I really admire everything you do. And no, oh, do you want to plug your socials really quick? Yes, they're just Calista DeWire on TikTok, K-A-L-I-S-T-A-D-W-Y-E-R on YouTube, Instagram, whatever. But um, yeah, Chloe, I just want to say, I think it's so cool you're doing this so young. Keep it up. Like, Thank props you. to you. This can't be, like, easy. I feel like it must be kind of nerve-wracking sometimes. So, like, yeah, I don't I'm always really stressed. <laughs> Thank you so much. I, I really appreciate that. Older, so, yeah, I don't know. I think it's really cool you're doing this. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. And everybody that's listening to this should go sh- support Callista on her socials. So I'll ha- definitely have them in the show notes. Um, but yeah, thank you so much. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, for sure. Have a good one.